All right, BIC episode number 57 on this one. We've got another week of NFL playoffs in the books heading into the penultimate week of the season before the big game at the end of the season. Don't sue us, NFL. You know, the big game at the end of the season, that last one. Yeah, that we can't talk about. Yeah, with all the really expensive commercials. With all the really expensive commercials. So we've got a couple of channel updates we'll do. We'll talk a little bit about what happened this past week. Uh, Wide right again. Most unfortunate for, you know, a certain fan base. Uh, Some disappointing, some uh, interesting, intriguing matchups, and some kind of history made. So we'll talk about more that and more on this episode of the BSC Podcast. Right then. So first off, we'll touch on a couple of quick things off the top for the channel. Uh, thank you to everybody who decided to participate and hang out during the watch alongs. It's been kind of fun to do them this last little while. I think I am have set it in my mind that I'm going to do the NFC championship since uh, that was the one that interests me more. So we'll definitely see about that. So that should be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll work out the details and the plans and everything, and uh, we should be able to swing that and manage it. And then in addition to it, like I said, we had a couple of nice watch-alongs. I had a lot of fun on the last one. Uh, the last watch-along went longer than the Friday live stream. That's how you know it's working well. And we did have the first appearance of Ed Westergriff on, on the channel. So that was an extra special one and a special treat. Andy, she blinded with refractors, also joined us in the post-game show. So we did the full game, you know, doing a watch-along. And then, had ourselves a lovely post-game show, and Carlos and Carlos, you know, shocked some people, horrified some people that he was able to get through his three beers, and then he switched to whiskey and continued to drink for the remainder of the five and a half hours. It was pretty excellent. I enjoyed myself. I regret nothing. <laughs> but for the rest of this stuff, uh, this NFC Championship, though, eh, you know, a little more low-key. I think uh, I'm going to enjoy it in the context of what it is. But we'll talk about a couple of the games that did happen, uh, some interesting happenings, uh, some unfortunate happenings, because one of the things we talked about uh, is going to be a little bit of a, I, I feel like now we're entering into that curse territory a little bit. I want to start, I want to start off. Let me talk about the Casey Buffalo game because that was an excellent game. It was a really good game. Uh, these teams seem to be really, when they meet in the playoffs, because I saw a graphic that talked about the last three games, obviously Kansas city has won all of them. So I think at this point, Buffalo has developed a complex and kind of in leading into the game. We did mention that I felt like this Casey team was vulnerable which I, I still believe they were. And I felt like this Buffalo team had its best opportunity. This was going to be your chance to get over the hump. If you were going to get over the hump, beat this team, this is your opportunity. And they were at least in position, if nothing else, to potentially tie the game. Now, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. Thank you. There was an opportunity. Of course, there was enough time left on the clock. So, you know, I'm not going to do the whole play by play, but towards the end with under two minutes left, there was a field goal that they could have kicked to tie the game. So it ended up being 27-24, but they had an opportunity to kick the game tying field goal. But Mahomes would have been left with plenty of time to be able to potentially go down the field. And that was always in play. That, of course, could have happened. Kansas City was moving the ball very well by that point. So it's not a it's not a given that making that field goal would have prevented Buffalo from losing anyway. But regardless, I think just the fact that they missed the field goal, the fact they missed it wide right, and I went back and listened to play-by-play commentary, and of course, as they're doing the play call, I think it's Jim Nance and Tony Romo. I think that team was Jim Nance and Romo. So Jim Nance calls it, and he goes, but, but then there's like a dramatic pause. Wide right. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I can imagine. So Eric, you talked about you know the Dallas Cowboy fan. I can imagine there's a bunch of people in Western New York that are like throwing their TVs out the window. How oh, dare yeah. you invoke it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 
poor Scott no Norwood. I mean, he's um he's our well, he he's he's there, uh Bill Buckner. You well, know, the thing it, is, they actually they actually gave like to the credit of the Buffalo fan. Th- this is the reason why. Uh, so, Brandon, you know as well as everyone else, and Eric as well. You know, I love me some shot in front. I do enjoy the suffering of others. It's kind of a thing that I do. But I have never taken pleasure in the defeat of the Buffalo Bills because at this point, it's been so many things. Like it's not sporting anymore. It's like, look, the the Buffalo Bills situation is like, no, you have earned my pity. Like at this stage, it's like, no, I wish for some nice things to happen to you just this once. Just this once. One nice thing is not too much to ask. I I don't have any negative ill will towards. uh, I've been to many Bills games. They're very nice people when they're not jumping through tables. For the most part, they're very nice people. I've hung out. I've hung out at the the tailgate. They're swell. Nothing wrong with that. Um, And they're very, and they're supportive of their team. And to their credit, when that happened, Scott Norwood, they did not try to run him out of town. They did not try to, you know, do burning effigies. Uh, they actually embraced the guy and, and gave him a break to their credit <laughs> because it was devastating. Now, I think in the back of their mind, they thought, oh, you know what? This team's so good. Right. We're going to get another shot. And th- they technically did. They got three more shots. Yeah. And it just never it never worked out. It just never. So it was like, and I still believe, like, this is truly what I believe. That was like a fork in the road moment. I think if he had made that field goal and they win that Super Bowl, I don't think they make it to four straight Super Bowls. I don't no. think that ever happens again. No, no. no. But. I am convinced that if they had won that game, because that was a game-winning field goal situation, if he had made that, that would have been a game winner. If they had beaten the Giants in that Super Bowl, uh, first, Bill Belichick doesn't win that Super Bowl ring as an assistant. And, you know, the reign of terror, maybe maybe he's averted. You know, there's another alternate reality where that happens. But the other piece, I believe they would have won one more Super Bowl. I think it would have been a situation where maybe they win two. Jim Kelly goes to the Hall of Fame as a two-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback. You know, puts himself among the pantheon of greats because Jim Kelly was great. But in the back of everybody's mind, it's like, well, he never won a Super Bowl. He went to four. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's they're pretty darn good to get the four straight Super Bowls. Not, that's not straight. a thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's very, that means you have to put together four tremendous teams. And they had great comebacks in the play. So it's not like they were playoff chokers. And I can still winning playoff games. I mean, it, the Patriots sucked back then. So, you know, we as New England fans would – would kind of lean into other franchises to, for, you know, to, as a, as a backdoor fan. And, uh, you know, we're definitely keeping an eye on Buffalo or, you know, around here back then. And I could still name many of the Buffalo bills, for, you know, back in that day, um, you know, Steve Christie, uh, you know, you know, Norwood, obviously Kelly, Andre Reed, um, Thurman Thompson, Thomas, Thurman Thomas, Thurman Thomas yeah. um, you know, Fred Smurless, um, you know, and I could probably rack my brain and come up Bruce with some Smith, more. Cornelius Bennett, James yeah. Walton. Like, yeah, right. They, I mean, they, they had just, a like, huge team. Yeah, they—they they were very good. They were excellent teams. Come up. Not Bruce, one or two, but excellent. Bruce Smith. How do I not remember Bruce Smith? I was Bruce, wondering. Bruce Cornelius Smith. Bennett. Okay, so I mean, but, but to be clear, Bruce Smith did make it to the Super Bowl, unlike Brock Purdy. Bruce Smith was was in fact in the Super Bowl. Bruce Smith got to the Super Bowl at so far more times than Brock Purdy. No, these are facts. Um, no, you're <laughs> mistaken. And I know that we're five percent more mature here, but I think it's important that I I was speaking facts, Brandon. No, I was speaking I facts. Important, you know, the fact that you want to downplay, um, you know, 
12-time Super Bowl champ um, and five-time um, MVP. And uh, what about the other seven times? And Good Lord, time he's the only person that's been inducted into the Hall of Fame 15 times, and he's still in his playing career. So I would really mm-hmm. wish he'd back off the the Brock Purdy thing. Give this guy. Brandon, the, you know, you know what the situation calls for, don't you? Goats. Goat of goats. That is the official uh, international signal of pumping. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, yes, Bruce Smith uh, has been to the Super Bowl. Uh, these are facts. Um, but anyway, so the point that I was making uh, about this about this game is that this franchise has suffered quite a bit. Like, like, and they've had, and they had tremendous opportunities, and they had that entire crazy run, uh, the Music City Miracle. That was another one. Like, it's not like they've had one or two gut punch losses in these yeah. situations. But this recent run with Josh Allen and this team where they just can't get over the hump and beat Kansas City. The Kansas City is the boogeyman. <laughs> they, 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 they keep knocking them off and they can't. This was, I think, their best opportunity. And like, truthfully, I'm convinced. I don't think losing this one again in this way, I'm not convinced Buffalo ever beats Kansas City now. If they wind up against each other in any way, shape, or form, like everybody's going to look at Kansas City and just assume like that's it. Uh, and I'm not sure Buffalo psychologically recovers from it because at this point they see ghosts whenever, whenever there's like the, the high leverage moment, because it's just, they can't quite figure it out. I, I think they, you know, um, need to get just a couple or one more really strong um, top 10 wide receiver. And I think they'd be all set. I mean, I think he was having a hard time finding, you know, someone to throw to, Um well, who so, was it, Brandon? That he hit the, he uh, Josh Allen tried. I don't know why they made that play call, but Josh Allen tried one monster throw where he had to be like 50 yards in the air and, yeah. and it hit him. Like, I don't know who the was, I don't remember who the receiver was, but like it hit him. <laughs> so he had a chance to catch it. Well, I think I may be wrong. I know he was, it was out. Diggs. Um, I think it was Diggs. I think it was, yeah, Diggs. It was yeah, Stefan's his number one, but yeah. I think Gabe Davis was hurt. I don't think he played. And I'll say I had Josh Allen on my fantasy team this season, and he is a very unpredictable quarterback because he's very frustrating on your fantasy team because I also had Gabe Davis. And I, I actually mentioned this in the Discord several weeks ago because it seemed like Allen locks into a particular player each game. And I think defenses and coordinators, if they figure out early which receiver he's locking in on, he just stays with them. I looked at the game, and you mentioned Diggs. I know at one time he had targeted him eight times, and there was only three receptions. So he was feeding Diggs the ball. They just weren't connecting. But there would be games where his number two, Gabe Davis, had like zero targets and it's like how are you not targeting your number two wide receiver so it's like he zones it and but then the next game davis might have 12 catches for a hundred some yards and a touchdown or more so it was like you know he he i, I don't know if it's him the, what the defenses are given the way he's reading the defenses the game planning and could even be hell the offensive coordinator but it felt like all season he would zone in on one guy each game so I don't know if that's what was happening yesterday or or what, but I don't know. It, it was just something I noticed with that one. 
So sure. Yeah. So what I'll say is this about the Buffalo and Kansas City game. Uh, like I said, the game itself was tremendous. As a viewer, it was it was a great game to watch. Like there was a lot of really good, really good in it. These teams are incredibly entertaining to watch when uh, when they get together in this scenario. And we'll have to see. I don't know. Uh, Buffalo's going to have to find something. Uh, they got to get a voodoo shaman, figure out whatever it is that's going on over there. That something always seems to go wrong for them at the most inopportune moment. Um, it always seems would to be something. Say, would you say, and, and I'm not putting either player on this level, but rewind back to like the early years of 2000, would you put this competitive nature between not necessarily the two teams, but, you know, Mahomes and Allen? As a similar scenario of Manning and Brady, where Manning, such a hell of a team, successful all along, but could never defeat Brady. And then once he finally did, he got, you know, he got a Super Bowl. Could you could you look at Allen as maybe the Manning and and I don't even want to say Mahomes is Brady, but in comparison's sake. Well, right now, Mahomes, so to answer your question. Mahomes is actually getting some Brady comparisons because of the first six or seven season of their careers. So they've started doing the comparables of them. Six seasons that he's been a full-time starter, six AFC championship appearances. That's tremendous. Like, that's really good. That's strong. Uh, right now, the only guy who has more appearances in the conference championship in a row is the aforementioned Thomas Edward Patrick Beavis Butthead Brady. Facts. So right now, like right now, he's chasing uh, right now the only other person who has been able to get the conference championship with that level of regularity. So I think it was 2011 to 2018, I think, was the run where uh, the Patriots got to the uh, to the AFC championship game, which is which is tremendous. Uh, But, you know, six in a row, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's nothing to be insulted about. And, uh, you know, three Super Bowl appearances in that run, uh, two Super Bowl wins in that run. And right now they're still in the tournament with another opportunity to potentially get to another Super Bowl and take another crack at winning a third. So who knows? So right now he's building a very strong resume for like, considering his age and considering what he's already accomplished, building an incredibly strong resume. So to answer the rest of your question though, I think the only part where the comp falls apart a little bit is I'm not, Josh Allen's style as a player, the fact that he's a physical runner as part of his game, I don't think will age as well as Peyton Manning's skill set. Peyton Manning's skill set as a quarterback, I think, allowed him to be able to. Now, towards the end of his career, obviously, that last Super Bowl win in Denver, um, you know, he he was noodle armed at that point. He well, was broken. I wasn't I, I wasn't meaning compare you know Mahomes as Brady and comparing Allen as Manning. I was using the scenario of where Manning and Brady had them duels right. each year, and it was like yeah. Manning couldn't pass Brady to get over the hump to get to the Super Bowl, and it almost feels like. That's where Josh Allen's at right now in his career. He can't pass Mahomes, but if he could, maybe he could get that opportunity for the ring. It's like yeah. Mahomes is kind of Josh Allen's kryptonite, like Brady was Peyton Manning's kryptonite. I, I get I get the comp. I don't disagree with the concept. The only reason I'm mentioning the difference with the Peyton Manning, though, is that I just don't think Josh Allen will be able to play long enough to get his second half of the arc. It's like, so if you want to do the comparison, I feel like maybe Josh Allen's only getting the first act in the three-act play. The problem is he's doing the where the other guy finds ways to beat you. And, uh, but I could see a scenario where Josh Allen finally starts getting, you know, get, getting run down and he never gets that opportunity. You know, whereas Peyton Manning was able to stick at it long enough, where he was eventually able to get his opportunity to to finally to finally win that game because he had a full career with Josh Allen. We don't know. 
and I'm not wishing, and again, I go back to what I said earlier. I'm not wishing anything bad on him, but it's the style of play he's playing where it concerns me that right. maybe when he finally gets to a point where he could figure it out, they figure out something, or maybe the team is built like just right. He may not be physically able to capitalize and take advantage of it by that point. That's the only concern I have. So right now, I think we has, maybe only get in the first part. The AFC has a load of talented quarterbacks too. Yep. Man, it, uh, the NFL in general, but the AFC is like loaded. Yeah. So there's another point to that that I want to touch on at the end, but that's the reason why I'm in, I'm invoking that now. So I think your comp is a very good one, but I feel like we're only going to get the first half of that. The part where the one guy is dominating the other one, the other one is, you know, this the kryptonite. I just don't know if he'll be able to stay in the game, so to speak, long enough to ever have the chance to maybe to win finally the title, break through. Yeah. yeah, to maybe break through. Uh, again, I wish him nothing but the best. No ill will towards Buffalo. We, we still we still like it, appreciate you. But uh it it's it's a tough seat. But like I said, Jim Nance invoking the wide right, even though even though it's technically accurate, it's like, dude, <laughs> give him a break, <laughs> give him a break. And, and I just want to say about that, you know, this was not a Norwood situation. This was not no, to it wasn't. Win, win a game, win the Super Bowl. This was to tie a game in yeah. the division playoffs, a game that should have, you know, ended at, three, at least three plays before. If, you know, if it wasn't for several mistakes made by, the you know, this kid's teammates – he wouldn't have even been in put in that position. You know, it isn't like they drove down the field and said, okay, we're going to kick it because time's running out and we're going to, you know, tie this game up. It was fourth down because the previous three downs sucked. Players did not step up and do what they needed to do in those three downs and left this rookie kicker out there in the freezing cold, you know, to, to do this. So I know a lot of people – it's easy for them to, you know, quickly blame this kid and, you know, he sucks and, you know, they should get rid of him and all that. But watch the last, you know, um, handful of, of plays by Buffalo and you just, it, it's a shit show. Oh, Eric, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the, I'm going to get to blaming the kicker soon. N- not, not in this game. I, I've got, I've got a kicker that I have, that I have. A bone <laughs> to pick with. I'm getting to There's that. another game that, that was lost. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. Three. I'll get to that about the blaming the kicker. <laughs> we're we're going to come back to that thought. We're going to come back to it. But the last, the last, you know, handful of plays by Buffalo were just, were just so bad. I have a question though. So real quick, I want to, I want to ask one more question and then we'll move on to the second game here. Uh, but uh, one thought that I had is that I'm wondering if maybe, Buffalo made a mistake in trying to really fixate because one thing that I felt like they were doing, if you remember that last drive before uh, the kick, um, Buffalo was basically, I want to say they had like eight minutes left on the clock when that drive started. So they were like trying to do this big sustained drive. Yeah. And they were almost there. It's almost like they were trying to run out the whole clock. Like they wanted to get to a point where even if they had to kick a field goal, it was like, yeah, okay, I want to do it, but I want to leave Mahomes like six seconds. I want to make sure like he's got no time. To right. even attempt to they, like they, they didn't want to score too fast and give right. them too much time yeah. to, they to were storm back management they were doing a great job with it yeah yeah so i'm wondering if like the fact that they were not trying to go for the kill shot they just didn't want to leave too much time they're like sitting there like okay but if we get the touchdown i want to do it with like under a minute so they're like trying to basically wear you know slowly crawl up the field it's, instead of like taking what's there that's but what i wonder if that was a little bit of a thing. they could not run even a yard 
I mean, their, their running backs would just come, hit a wall and, and they could not gain a simple yard running the ball. Their offensive linemen, um, you know, that, you know, on the backside of, you know, watching Allen's backside when he throws, it, it he just gets pushed back and he's just backpedaling. And the, and the, and the guy is just shoving him into Allen and he steps on Allen's foot while he tries to make that throw straight down the field into the end zone. And he comes up short with that wide open receiver in the end zone because the lineman, I mean, I could have done the same thing. I don't know how much he gets paid per play. I could have been in that situation and done the same thing. Um, with your back and hip, you probably would have just been laying on the ground, though. Yeah, that still at the point was it. You might as well. It, it, nothing stopped this. I mean, it was as if no one was there. You had if we put if we, put, if we coat him in plaster of Paris, he wouldn't necessarily move. He would just be stationary. That might work. There you go. You we had could probably do that. Uh, you had digs wide open, and the short yardage. They wanted to go long. He was wide open. There was no one near him. Um. There was just so much that went wrong in those last few drives. And to put it all on this rookie kicker is it's not the right thing to do. From from the reports I heard after the game, it was just there was too much air in the footballs. That's all it was. Well, they should Ooh. come to New England. We have less. Yeah, they should they, they, so you're saying deflation was the key. A little deflation might have helped. It, 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 they were a little over, maybe you know, mm. a pound or so. Simple wow. reports, no, just allegedly hashtag. Uh, the allegedly. Did you guys hear on a side note how there was um, our kicker and the opposing kicker of some team um, the Patriots are playing were, were shanking kicks during the game and they found out that the balls were deflated this season. Now, the Patriots had nothing to do with it. You know, the rules have all been changed. It's the officials. They didn't do their jobs. So the kickers are, were kicking deflated footballs and, and missing. Mm. And they found out during either halftime or sometime during the game that the balls were under deflated. Now, again, neither team had access to these. This was 100. The rules have changed. This was all the NFL, their officials, their team, the whole thing. And they had deflated balls on the Patriots field again this season. Wow. Mm. Must be something with the air temperature. I, I it could be, yeah. It, it sounds like atmospheric interference to me. A lot of atmospheric it's interference. Was crazy. Mm-hmm. So in that vein, uh, overall, bottom line, uh, you know, condolences to Buffalo. Uh, unfortunately, another playoff game uh, against Kansas oh, City that results in great. pain. In great, great pain. Gross. Now, speaking of pain, amgcollectibles.ca. Carlos, how did you arrive at that segue? Ah, my friends, there's a reason why I arrived at that segue. Because you see, on the AMG Collectibles YouTube channel and amgcollectibles.ca, you can see a lot of different cards and a lot of different things, including the break of the cup. And one thing that I'll be following up on is we're going to find out now that the auctions are fully completed on the stuff on the stuff related to the cup, you can find out what a, a full case of the cup, retail value over $7,000, would actually yield on the other side of it, a.k.a. pain. You see, that segue made total sense. Oh, God, yeah. Total sense. And but 
when will that be when will that be done tomorrow Tomorrow. work in progress no no no. i don't think we're gonna have it i don't think we're gonna have the podcast we've got a couple of things planned for the podcast but uh and there's a lot of what came in the shop this week there's actually some really nice there's actually a nice variety of stuff by the way i can tell you i've got the images and everything a surprising great variety of items that have come in the shop and i can also say that there's an upcoming trade night which will be discussed a little bit more like and the monthly card show will be happening at a new location which is important it's important to make a note of that and that'll be something that we'll discuss because obviously uh, that we weren't sure what the situation was going to be with the monthly card show, but there has been a new location. It's been on the social medias a little bit. So check out amgcollectibles.ca, follow the social medias. Maybe they got the space. Now they're, you know, it might be a little chilly, wear layers. But uh, we thank AMG for supporting the channel and this podcast. We need to get our segue in so that we can incorporate him. Yeah, I look forward. I I look forward to not only seeing tomorrow's show, but the show in which all the um cup is you know is discussed and 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 what money came back from it i think it would be quite illuminating and educational i understand underfloweth look at you i see what you did there well played all right so speaking of pain also uh let's talk about the detroit lions who for once are not experiencing pain it's going to the opposite for them traditionally it is pain that is kind of their brand pain however this Detroit Lions team is, uh, you know, rewriting their own narrative. Uh, first time in over 30 years that they were in that position and they won. And now the Detroit Lions uh, had what I think was a pretty comfortable victory once they kind of asserted themselves in this game. You know, it was kind of Tampa Bay was able to hang around a little bit, but then Detroit steadily took control, control, control until they eventually like asserted control. By the end, it was Detroit was in control. They they pretty much had it in hand. Uh, and then the Detroit faithful, like like Eric has uh, mentioned previously, you know, the tears, they flowed, they, they flowed, the joy, the rapture and t- no reports yet. But, you know, the ruins may have been burned in happiness. The rioting was joyful, che- you know, cheerful. It was a, it was wonderful as opposed to, you know, writing of sadness, different kind of context. Like Vancouver. Oh, listen, Vancouver always riots joyously. Always, at all times. Yeah. I I messaged messaged my buddy JJ because he is uh, a Michigan native, a Lions fan, a Michigan Wolverine fan. And I asked him, I said, how is the state handling itself? You guys have an NCAA football title, and now you're heading to the NFC championship game. And he said uh, chaos has essentially ensued. So hmm. uh, the, the state of Michigan does not know how to handle themselves right now when it comes to the sport of football. We so what you're get- saying effectively is it's like millions of people in the state of Michigan are literally all at once together and united saying, I don't know what to do with my hands, Eric. I don't know. It's pretty think- much, man. I mean... Yeah. I think we should get Detroit native and uh, Michigander uh, Billy Cilio on Friday. Michigander, is that the official term? (laughs) So I'm going to say. I think it is, but uh, not 100% sure, but I think it it is. Are you sure about it as your Brock Purdy Super Bowl record? On a scale scale of certainty, how certain are we? Brock Purdy. Is a 37-time Super Bowl winner. I don't know why mm. you continue to to pick on him uh, and call him out, but he is the goat of all goats. I was far more impressed when he body slammed under the giant in front of 14 million people at the Superdome. Yeah. yeah. 
It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. That WrestleMania three was a wild show. A lot of people think it was Hulk Hogan. Fake news. No, it was Brock Purdy. Everyone knows that. I think it's very Eric, you have to make it all a deal right now. Okay. okay. Just say yes or no that you'll do it. All right. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Heard it. he said yes. Bold he doesn't even know what All it right. is. Jaramayo yes. it is, Eric. Jaramayonese <laughs> it is. You, you, you asked for this, literally. He didn't even say, what am I saying yes to? I'm I'm shocked. I'm just, I'm sorry. I, I I'm used to I'm married. I'm used to just saying yes. To <laughs> like, I wasn't even thinking. Okay, then I'll think of well, something well, now, good. So Brandon, you're gonna use your power for now. <laughs> Go on. Well, see, I was I was waiting for the. It depends on what I'm saying yes for, and and then I was gonna segue into. So what you're saying you, you don't, don't know like what to do shiny, with your hands. You don't all of a sudden you relate to the people modern that or whatever, but you you have to promise us all, okay? okay. Okay. If Brock Purdy somehow happens to win the Super Bowl again, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you have to buy like a prism or an optic rookie of his, and and proudly display it in your collection. Isn't that going to cost like two thousand dollars or something? No, if you go optic, I, I, you don't have to go you fancy. Can a, you can get a raw optic. Okay. And yeah. a raw optic you don't have to go fancy. I will. I will. I, I promise I will do my very best to get an affordable rookie card of Brock Purdy when he wins his 38th Super Bowl. Amazing. Okay. That, Sensational. See, I Sensational. could have went Mayo route because you let you like, oh. I was not expecting that answer. Oh, that's my first, first thought I had. First that's, thought I had, man. That's my broken married brain. I'm just used to saying yes. Yes, dear. Mm-hmm. We're learning a lot tonight. We're learning a lot time. tonight, folks. <laughs> All right, so gentlemen, so I'll ask you this one. So for the first one, we had a lot to say on this one. I got to be honest, for the Detroit Tampa Bay game, I saw the game. I watched a good chunk of it, but I don't. I don't really have a lot to say about it. I would say congrats to Detroit. You know, they're 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 playing well. We'll talk. I want to talk a little bit more about it when we get to the San Francisco one. So I'm saving the Green Bay one for last. We'll talk about that at the very end. But uh, congrats to Detroit. Uh, good on them right now. This is a big. This is a this is a big ride for them. They're having a they're having opportunity. The team is playing well. So it's one of those things. Tampa Bay out of the teams remaining. Um, you know, there were a couple of underdogs, but realistically, Tampa Bay, I don't think anybody really this other than just being a disaster for the sake of, you know, you're looking at the choice, saying, oh, disaster. Um, Tampa Bay has had its own good fortune so far. They had their own nice story. Baker Mayfield has probably earned himself a starting job, you know, uh, going forward. And what he's been able to do with Tampa, it's pretty good. Like they've had moments where they played pretty well. So good for him. Uh, he because he became kind of a journeyman. So. Maybe he found his place in Tampa Bay, and if they can continue to build, like he's got good receivers, like there's pieces there to maybe be interesting going forward down the road here. So good for them. But I think Detroit was a, a more sound, roundly built football team, and this year they seem to be on the bandwagon. And right now they're riding the wave of emotion from all of Michigan because right now they're on it. Right now this is their big moment to potentially do a thing. And I don't know if you guys saw it, uh, but uh, like the social media and a lot of them made the rounds. Uh, there was this dude who apparently is a 66 year season ticket holder yes. for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so, so for him, it's like this is like this is like the magical moment. So, Eric, I think you could let this guy cry if he wants to cry, right? Like, it's cool, 66 year. He's something years old. He can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we'll give him a pass. We'll, we'll let we'll let him do whatever he wants on this one. Uh, he probably wishes on. that he could have went to the game like years ago, though, in the playoffs because the tickets were probably a lot more expensive now. Yeah, sure. But I think regardless, though, good. Like I said, good for him. 
good for the longtime fans who have uh, who have suffered through a lot of ineptitude uh, for that franchise. Uh, it's a good it's a good story. It's a good narrative here going into the next round. So uh, we'll, we'll, we root for the good story. So I think it's well, a good one, even though they're a division rival to the Packers. Like the Lions are the Lions. They've been the Lions so long, you know, they're not the ones we worry about in that division most of the time. Take out the Lions story in general, mm-hmm. and think of the story that is going to be written if, for some reason, they they pull it off, you know, and, and make it to the Super Bowl. And let's say they pull that off, that'd be a hell of an interesting story for both sides. With Golf having made it to the Super Bowl with the Rams, but didn't get it done, they swap quarterbacks. Stafford goes to the Rams, gets them the title. And then if Goff could take the Lions and get them a title, like it would be like almost a, a perfect trade of sorts. Yeah, you know, that, that same guy would have outside of the Lions story itself. That that trade scenario, if if that happened, that's a hell of a story. So I agree. I think that's fair. So now moving on here, uh, we've got again uh, a game that was competitive for a little bit and then kind of pulled away. Uh, so Brandon's Baltimore Ravens. Did not allow the rest to dissuade them. They were able to eventually cast off the young upstart Houston, Texas. Brandon, the floor is yours. What say you? I silently and secretly watched the game because I told Carlos I wasn't sure how to approach it. Um, I didn't. I I told y'all I wasn't going to go into it confident. Uh, first half was a weird. A weird story of the first half because it was tied at halftime and the Texans defense were all over Lamar. I mean, it was third and 32, I think, on that last uh, possession that they had to end the the first half. Like he would snap the ball and the the Texans were on him. Um, You had the punt return. That was the only touchdown of the game for the Texans. But at halftime, I still wasn't like I, I wasn't confident we would win. Like it was close, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't know how Baltimore would come out after having a third and thirty-two to close out the half. Um, but yeah, they came out. Baltimore had the ball to start the the second half. Marched down the field, scored, and it was game on from there. Uh, Twenty-four unanswered. You know that. I don't want to say Texas never really were in the game, but you know, you take away that punt return touchdown and it was literally 34 to three and the defense, like they did very well. So uh, hopefully that continues, but you know, Kansas city is going to be a tough matchup. I will say you mentioned Josh Allen and his ability to run. That was something I noticed with CJ Stroud that he had opportunity to run. And when I seen that during that game on the defense, I was like, I don't know if, I mean, Mahomes can run, but Josh Allen's a pretty big dude when he's running. And I was like, I don't know if that, if I want Allen running against this defense, leaving that much field open, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. So it was a good game. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. And we'll, uh, and we'll do our picks at the very end. Once we get a chance to go through those. So let's go into it. So Eric, before I move on here, uh, do you have any thoughts? So I'll I'll be real brief, and then if you want to share any thoughts on Houston, Baltimore, you're more than welcome to. 
Uh, all I'll say is, uh, like I said, I think it was competitive for half, and then I think it kind of pulled away, and then Baltimore reasserted itself. Uh, Baltimore has been, right now, out of what's left, I think they're probably the most complete team in terms of uh, having the pieces. Uh, but at the very end, before we do our picks, I am going to make a point that uh, also kind of plays into this a little bit, talking about the theme that I discussed weeks and weeks ago now about kind of the parody of this season and kind of the, it was open-ended and it could go in a bunch of different directions. And I feel just as strongly about that now as I did then. And a lot of what's played out is kind of emphasized that. Go ahead, Brandon. I just had one more thing that I wanted to add that I was actually glad to see. Um, I, I had thrown up the 2019 playoff game where Baltimore like got ran over literally by Derrick Henry. And that game was ugly as all could be. Lamar had over 500 yards, both passing, receiving, or rushing in that game. This game, he had like around 250 combined yards. And it was nice to see that they could put everything together and actually have a blowout kind of on their end with Lamar having half the amount of, of total yardage that he had in 2019. So it felt like a more balanced game. Um, and, and the defense helped out as well. So hopefully that's a good sign moving forward. So, Okay, no, that's fair. So, Eric, uh, you got any other thoughts here on that particular game before we move on? I just think they're the most well-rounded team. Um, you know, I was talking about kickers earlier. I mean, th- their kicker is pr- probably the greatest kicker the league has ever seen. Um, so, you, you, you know, you don't have to worry about kicking. Um, Lamar has he's transformed himself. He's no longer this, this as a running back, bro. <laughs> you know, he's no longer this, this <laughs> athlete that plays quarterback. He has become a quarterback that has um, other tangible assets. So, you know, when he first came in, it was just like, all right, this kid, it's like he's in the wildcat all the time. He's, is he going to run? Is he going to throw? Is he was, was he going to, you know, but now he's a quarterback that if he's in a jam or if the play calls for it, can now run. Where before it was like, no, the play is to throw, but he'd get, he'd panic and just take off because that's what he could do. You know what I'm saying? So I really think he's come a long way. I think he's going to be the MVP and I think the team around him, um, should be favored to win the whole thing. I think they look really good. There you go. And we'll come back to the picks here in a second. Now, uh, Eric did mention a team that has a kicker that they can have confidence in. You know who doesn't have that? The Green Bay Packers. So wow. now, <clears throat> like I said, mentioned, I did do a watch along here. And, and the thing is, uh, the watch along was a lot of fun, to be honest. That's why I say, like, I enjoyed it to the point that I'm, I'm looking forward to doing another one for the NFC Championship. But I must say, but I must say, the um, the game leaves me of two minds. On the one hand, I am extremely pleased uh, that the 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 you know the arc that this season has taken for Green Bay, in the sense of you know, all right, do we have a quarterback? You know, is it going to go like, you know, to struggles early? Like there were some games where you know chronicled here where we talked about it, where in the first half of games the offense couldn't do anything, literally anything, to kind of basically figuring it out, getting the pieces together, you know, young wide receivers, a young quarterback, all these things, they coalesce and they gel. And all of a sudden the offense looked good. 
and the defense was a liability. And they found, even though they still had some holes and some issues, and they made some really terrible quarterbacks look pretty good <laughs> over the course of it, but then towards the very end, they basically played three playoff games because they needed to win in the last game in order to get in the playoffs. And then they won a playoff game against Dallas. And going into this game, you know, seven and a half point underdogs, like strong, heavy underdogs, they had the ball with a minute and seven seconds left and three timeouts to potentially win the game. That was after everything. The whole game played out. There was a situation there where they had two turnovers. Brock Purdy tried his best to throw multiple turnovers. And with a minute and seven seconds left in the game, the offense had the football with the opportunity to get the go-ahead score or potentially at least tying field goal. Both, both options were on the table. So they had that opportunity. But that goes along with, now I'm going to bring the kicker thing into it, the one that I mentioned here. And in the spirit of hashtag scholarship, I have some numbers. I have some statistics that I would like to share. So one of the statistics that I have here, uh, teamrankings.com, there's a variety of different sites. I've seen a couple of the variations of this stat, but I and I think this is fairly accurate, so I'll include this. So this is a field goal percentage this season from 40 to 49 yards. Field goal percentage. Um, the Green Bay Packers kicker, Anders Carlson, Anders Carlson, was ranked 36th in percentage from 40 to 49 yards. 36th. Point of order, this is not the, to be fair, this is the, to be accurate, there are 32 teams in the league, and he is 36th. 36th in field goal percentage from 40 to 49 yards. Coincidentally, the field, the field goal that he missed in the game in question was 41 yards, which is on the low end of that 40 to 49 yard scale where he is under 50%. That ain't good, Eric. That ain't good. And another statistical point of order, that was the 13th missed kick he has had this season. Field goals and extra points, including the playoffs. 13th missed kick this season. And he's probably still better than the Patriots kicker. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, I wasn't exactly looking forward to that situation where he had, where he, had, where he was the one making the kick. All right. You know, it sucks for him. I don't, I, I don't have no interest in making this guy into a scapegoat, but I kind of need those points, Eric. In a right. close game, I kind of, I, I don't want to be throwing away three points on a four. He missed a 41 yard kick. The Buffalo one, by the way, was more than a 50-yard kick, I believe. It was it was actually a longer kick. A 50-plus-yard kick, if you, you miss a couple, like, you know, that sucks. It happens. It's, it was a 41-yard kick he missed. It's not automatic, quote-unquote, but there are plenty of kickers who can make it in a reasonable clip. He was comfortably under 50% from 40-plus. 50-plus, I can only imagine what that percentage would have looked like. But that was from between 40 and, 40 and 49, not 50-plus. Right. So you're not even making the 40 yarders with any consistency and where points were at a premium. That ain't great. That, that isn't what you're looking for because you're losing opportunities. You're missing out. Uh, there were other missed opportunities. Uh, there were drops. There were, you know, there was a questionable spot on fourth down. That was a little questionable. I'm not going to spit here and blame the refs. You could, but I'm not, not going to do it. But realistically, there were some missed opportunities. Uh, there were a couple of mistakes made. Uh, Jordan Love did throw two interceptions. The second one was inexcusable, but it was at the end of the game. Uh, it should have been a smarter play, Never but the reality is that wasn't the that what that was the final nail at the end. But realistically, 
there there were other opportunities prior to that where where hopefully he learns from it is in that scenario he was on a first down he didn't have to make that throw he could have thrown it away live to fight another day you get another down you get another opportunity there's no reason to try to try to do it all in one shot there you had enough time and enough opportunity that's a learning experience i can live with that but i will say Brock Purdy literally threw a couple of balls that were almost completely that one of them. I think the, the Packers defender was shocked. He was coming to him. Like he didn't even know, you know, it was the Detroit thing. He didn't know what to do with his hands. So all of a sudden, it was, but that was a missed pick opportunity. Purdy tried to throw a couple. They managed to avoid a turnover by, by good fortune for them. But San Francisco, uh, San Francisco won the game, but I'll say this. And I said it during the live. So two things can be true at the same time here. And I'll say both. Number one, I expect that San Francisco will look at the same tape and I expect they'll button things up and I expect them to play a lot better. The weather was not ideal. Uh, it was raining and which did affect grip. It did affect catches and it, people slid. So I'll give a little bit of a pass because if you make some wonky throws and you're struggling with grip, that's the factor. I don't, unless they run into the same weather, I expect that will improve. But if Purdy tries to put together a performance like that, the Lions will have their lunch. Like they, if they make even a couple of those opportunities that Green Bay missed, they will run them off the field if they make mistakes, if they play a game like that again. Because Green Bay had every opportunity, like I said, a minute and seven seconds, and they had an opportunity to drive down the field and they could have scored the game winning touch. And I do not have any confidence that Mark Purdy could have come back if they, even if they leave a little time left on the clock for them. I, I think if they had scored that go ahead touchdown, I think Green Bay advances and we get the Detroit, you know, we get the Detroit Green Bay scripted. NFC Championship that I was hoping for. As it was, I'm very pleased. Very pleased with the team and how they played. Uh, the future is bright, yeah. too, I believe. But I will say the other thing, though. While everything, all that is true, I do think this season is going to be a missed opportunity for some of these teams. Sometimes things fall into place, and if it falls in your lap this year, I think you got to take it. You, you can't miss out on any opportunity here because this is wide open. There's a lot of the any of these combination of teams could have advanced and gotten to the Super Bowl the way this year has played out. So there's going to be some teams kicking themselves that they missed out on this opportunity being out of the tournament right now. They're, they'll wish like, oh, if we had been in it, if we had had that chance, we would love to have played that team, right? There's a lot of teams that looked at that San Francisco team that in that game, they're like, oh my God, if we had played this San Francisco team, we could have beaten them. <laughs> We'd be the one advancing, you know? Right. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays. But like I said, I, I can't have my kicker be up below 50% for 40 yards. No. I, I can't have missed 13 kicks in a no. season in a playoff situation. I need a little more reliability than that. So special teams hurt sometimes defense hurt. And even then it was a three point game, three point game with a chance to go to the NFC champion. I can't complain about it too much, but I missed opportunity. It's going to feel like a missed opportunity, even though it was a rebuild year technically. Yeah. I don't think anybody who's true, truly a fan of the Packers can be upset this season. Um, you had two Hall of Fame, back-to-back -back Hall of Fame quarterbacks play for your franchise over the last, not so you know, not-so-swell fella. I mean, uh, when was his rookie year? Like 1992 or something? Well, 91 mean, was his rookie year. He right. got traded from Atlanta, and I he started for the Packers in 92. So, yeah. Yeah, so we're talking like 30 years mm -hmm. yep. of – Hall of Fame quarterback level. This year, you throw this kid out there. Now, I know he's not a rookie, but this is his first year of this is your team. 
I don't think anyone can be disappointed. Um, well, didn't you mention earlier, like a few weeks ago, that the Packers were average age youngest team in the NFL? Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, the that, rookie, the the, the receivers are all super young. The receivers are super young. The quarterbacks super young. So that that's why I say, like, over the course of these weeks, as things have developed, that's why I say, like, Eric is right. There's no reason. To, I cannot complain in the moment. I'm frustrated because the outcome, like being that close, you want it. Like if, if you're that close and the opportunity is there and you can seize it one more smart play, one more game break. Again, one of those Brock Purdy bad throws gets caught. You know, all of a sudden San Francisco is on their back heels a little bit. The way San Francisco, San Francisco was a little wobbly on those legs. San Francisco had been so good for a lot of the season. But they were wobbling a little bit. They had taken a couple of haymakers, and they were like, "Oh!" They managed to steady themselves just enough to get out of there. But they, it wasn't a triumphant tour de force performance by them. It was like, "You guys got out of there. You, you better not do that again." Because a, a game opponent, if you make those same mistakes and they capitalize on a few of them, you're out of here. And uh, the last, the thirty seventh, you know, the thirty eighth Brock Purdy Super Bowl appearance may not happen if, if, if they don't get if they don't avoid it. It may, it may not happen. That's silly, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> but the bottom line, though, and look, pl- playing into playing into Eric's uh, Patriots, the thing that the, made the Patriots as frustrating as they were for everybody else, and I've and I've literally made this point before, and I'll just quickly reiterate it, is that the Patriots were good at one thing, and that is they would play a million and eighteen close games. Go back and look at all the Super Bowls; none of them were blowouts. It was always like. Little, little, little thing. One thing would go right. And then including the last one, the last Patriots Super Bowl, uh, that was the most garbage performance by both teams that I've ever seen in a Super Bowl, ever. Both teams sucked. None of them deserved it. Stricken for the record. Both of them, no one deserved that Super Bowl. You both played like trash. Get out of get out of here and never show your faces again. However, they still came out on the winning side of that. And that was the thing. They would find these little ways, little edges, and they would scrape by. It'd be a Vinatieri field goal, or it'd be this little thing, or it'd be Marshawn didn't run the ball. It would always be something, little thing. And it was a one-score game. Yeah, tuck roll. But the point is, though, if <laughs> that wasn't in the you, Super Bowl, stupid. Nobody got, got them to the, the, the Super that Bowl. That got them to their first <laughs> Super Bowl. That got them to the first one. But here's the thing. <laughs> Sometimes People underestimate it, though. There is an element of luck to this. There is like, you know, the tip pass, like the tip pass that it was actually a good pass, but the guy didn't quite grab it. Boom, it tipped off his hand and then the defender got it. It wasn't that it was a bad throw. There was nothing wrong with the throw. It was a tip pass, but it was a tip pass. Well, look that at their, I mean, just on the Patriots behalf, look at the the losses, the David Tyree and, yeah, you know, just yeah. the, the Plaxico Burris catch and like some of those plays. For, that for me, though, them. the way I look at it, for me, though, the way I look at it is like, look, live by the sword, die by the sword. Mm-hmm. You get you get some fortunate breaks and you get some bad breaks. Hopefully, over the course of time, it evens out. But I think they got plenty of good breaks during that run. And it's little things that would happen in some of these high leverage games. And unfortunately, sometimes they don't go your way and the other team gets the lucky break. And then that's what. But if you're that close, it's also the little plays, you know, the small execution. You missed you missed you missed the tackle. You know, because there were a couple of those. There were remember I mentioned defense was a liability. They missed a couple of tackles that allowed San Francisco to get extra yards, get an extra first down, you know, extend the play, do all. But then there were other moments where they did what they were supposed to be doing. So it's one of those things where I, you watch an ebb and flow of a team that would make a great play, 
but then maybe the defense would miss a tackle or maybe the offense would suddenly struggle a little bit, but it was kind of a back and forth. Again, it was a three point game by the end of it. It wasn't like it was this, you know, dominating performance by either team, but when you're that close, then it's the one extra mistake. You know, in this case, uh, you're still driving and you decide to go Farvian, you know, not so is one of my favorites, but sometimes throwing into the double or triple coverage, not the play. Sometimes you don't want to be throwing into the double, triple coverage. Listen, we like a little not so fella, but you don't go full Favre. You do not go full Favre. Never go. You just don't do it. Never don't, go. Never go full. You talk about the little things that happen, and sometimes like things go both ways. Yeah. I was actually talking to some some friends earlier today, and I mentioned how sometimes in the NFL playoffs, it's like not even the moments that happen within the game. It's what leads up during the regular season. And if you if you look back at some of the years in the playoffs, the way the matchups played out, if the matchups had been different, the entire like scenarios in the playoffs would have been different. And this year is kind of no different because I mentioned in the first round that Miami having to go to frigid uh, Kansas City didn't bode well for them. Well, had they had won in the final week of the season, they would have been at home playing Pittsburgh. Yep. You know, and that would have been a completely different scenario for Miami. And you would have had Buffalo then going out to Kansas City where, hell, the kick might have been made. You know, they might have been KC in, in their own house. So who knows? But sometimes it's just the way the matchups line up and strengths and weaknesses or how teams play against one another that can can sometimes create the whole outcome of the playoffs. Yep. No, absolutely. I agree. But that's what I say, though. Uh, this has been a very fun playoff year. Like I said, for the most part, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's been very interesting seeing a lot of these play out. Uh, you know, the uh, Wacko for Flacco movement uh, dying off a little early. That was disappointing. That was. Uh, but, but we've still got a couple of good narratives. Like, I'm just going to say, like, we've still got a couple of good narratives still left here. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. But so before we touch on, like, predictions, so uh, real quick, actually, before I, before I do that. Um, Anything else on Green Bay, San Francisco? Either you guys want to hit on? Uh, I I was going to go back and watch. You can refresh my memory, but last episode, you guys picked San Francisco because you know, obviously, being a Green Bay fan, you said you pick who you would bet on. Didn't I yeah. go against y'all and say Green Bay? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was like watching. I was like, holy hell, I might be right. And then, of course, the hell. Well, hey, listen, uh, listen, I, I still think like I, I'm I'm hoping that uh, one of the coaches goes and replays the interception there at the end uh, for Jordan Love replays it for him a couple of times. You know, I, I want him to replay it, not not out of meanness, but just like a hey, scenario, situation, situation, mm -hmm. situation, the situation. You, here's the thing. We weren't desperate enough. You didn't need to do it. There were other Never options ever throw across the field don't ever do it don't ever do it and if even if it works don't ever do it it is a number one no-no as a quarterback you never throw across the field it is going to be intercepted more times than not and they teach you this in peewee football as a quarterback you throw it either straight or, you know, to the side of the field that you're on, but you never throw across the field. 
and he did it and they they intercepted it now you're now you're gonna see eric's gonna go out on his bike there minding his own business in the evening and all of a sudden somewhere off in the distance brett oh it's just gonna make a crossbody throw and all of a sudden eric's like biking uh, ching ching he's got a little basket ching ching and all of a sudden football boom ah that napoleon dynamite that exact same thing happens yeah, it's coming for you, man. I am warning you in advance. Someone a steak. It's like I am warning you in advance. It's happening. It's coming for you. It is, it's going to happen. Yeah. You will wish you you will rue the day that you didn't take up cycle cross full time. At least been training for it. Just saying, throwing it out there. But yes. Uh, so so bottom line though, Brandon, is that I think the to me the 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 good news here is because they were so close. The lesson should be: Hey, you can compete with these guys. You just got to cut down the mistakes. And also, let's figure out the kicking situation. Because Uh, for God's sake, I need a kicker that can make it. Like, I would have liked, there there was, again, there were opportunities, to be clear. This was a three-point game. I have a missed field goal where there's there's three of my points. Three points, you know, three-point game, three points. That was literally a missed kick. And then there was another one where they could have gone for for a kick. uh, And they ended up uh, losing the ball on downs. So, there's another potential three points on the board. So my point is that I I want to I want to take advantage. And here I'll throw one final stat at you before we move on to picks here. Uh, Green Bay was I believe in the red zone five or six times, uh, and they only converted on two. So there were opportunities there. There were legitimate opportunities from some additional scoring plays, and that would have been the difference in the game. So you take advantage. You you pick up some of that. You clean up some of that stuff. Take advantage of those. Take the positives. All the players got all this additional experience. They got all that, but you got to fix some stuff. And the defense has to be figured out. Probably the, the I'd be surprised if the defensive coordinator's back. We'll see. We'll, we'll find out, I guess, down the road here if Joe Barry is back. But I, I need the defense cleaned up because if you clean up the defense, that offense is looking pretty good. I like, I, 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 you know, I could see those two units coming together in a little more unison. That'd be kind of fun if they managed to pull that off. So let's get into the let's get into the matchups that we have left. So, uh let's do all right, let's do the NFC first. And I've actually got the lines and things as well. I've got the the betting lines, the early betting lines here. So we'll we'll look at these. So first, we've got ourselves um let's do Kansas City and Baltimore. So Brandon, Kansas City Baltimore AFC Championship. This is Mahomes' 6th AFC Championship, trying to build himself a nice little Hall of Fame resume. But your boy, the MVP, I believe, possibly two-time MVP now, Lamar Jackson leading his team. The line's three and a half. So pretty close, pretty close. They've got uh, Baltimore at a three and a half point favorite. That's what we've got here. Now, who's going to win? What are you feeling? Going Baltimore. I, t- I told you I wasn't confident last week, but I'm going to ride my team. I, I don't want to. Confidence or no confidence, I got to at least be a, a true fan. And after seeing what they did against the Texans, I said that I would like to play Kansas City. I feel I feel Kansas City is a good team, but I don't think they're firing on all cylinders. I think they have some chinks to their armor. If we can play like we played in the second half of that Texans game, then the Baltimore looked like just a tough team right there. So mm-hmm. I'm going with my guys. They'll cover the point spread, and it'll be cool to see Lamar in the Super Bowl. 
All right. Sounds fair. Right, one more quick kind of bonus thing. I'm curious. I got the over-under total here. 44 and a half. You think higher or lower? 44 and a half. 44 and a half is what I've got here for over-under. I would I would go over. Yeah, I'm kind of, I feel like unless it becomes this weird bogged down defensive battle, I, I feel like the over is interesting to me. I think 44 and a half feels a little low. Well, let me take us a couple of touchdowns well, I mean, from each quarterback. Well, this <laughs> past game was 34 quick. to 10. So even with 34 points on Baltimore, I guess yeah, they're figuring. You, I don't. I don't think you're going to keep Kansas more. City. I don't think you're going to keep the Kansas City down. Yeah. I think that I could see Kansas City getting in the 20s, and then all it would take is get you know if you got Baltimore winning and covering the spread, then that'll get you there. Yeah, I, I could see over 44 and a half. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Sounds good. Eric, feelings. Kansas City, Baltimore. Uh, I'm going for Baltimore. I've been polling for them. I think that they're the best team in the league. I hate Kansas City for lots and lots of different reasons over the last few years. I never root for Kansas City, uh, although my mother does at times. Um, mm. We get into fistfights, and she mm. whoops my ass. Um, yeah, she's very tough. Um, so... I'm going to stick with Baltimore and um, hopefully our national Taylor Swift nightmare will be over. Ooh. Ooh. See, Eric, I was going to join you too, but now the national Taylor Swift nightmare that intrigues me. The pain, See, the, the I, wailing. It's been in the, the back. Wailing. The wailing. It's been in the back of my mind. Do, would this benefit the NFL with her being at the Super Bowl? Like, I've had that in the back of my mind, and I'm like, man. But she's not a performer this year. She's been on the team. Yeah. You know you know what? You know what, Eric? I, I got Kansas City by 150. Uh, what's going to happen? You know, first play is, is unnecessary roughness. That's the coin toss. Unnecessary roughness, Baltimore. 50-yard penalty. What? That doesn't even make any sense. The fix is in. It's in Vegas, too. Yeah. Eric, I'm just saying. Yeah. T-Swizzle. I I did make a comment during the game the other day um, that I thought the refs made a a really egregious call. Not just like, hey, you know, it could have gone either way, but not just like, I thought it was egregious. And I went, man, the NFL really wants Taylor Swift at that Super Bowl this year. So I'm, just so that we don't all pick the same thing, I'm going to go Kansas City based okay. on hashtag rigged rules. Hashtag rigged rules. <laughs> Kansas City. Right. I also picked the over because I like that over. I'm intrigued by that over. The four, four and a half is the one that interests me. That, that's the one that I'm kind of like, okay, that could be interesting. That could be pretty good. Cannot wait to say our long national nightmare is over. <sighs> we'll see, man. I think, I think, <laughs> Super Bowl, is it, isn't it Usher performing in the Super Bowl? Uh, yes. They, oh, yeah. Though, and if she's there, but Eric, but Eric, Usher Taylor Swift duet at the Super Bowl. Let's go. I don't see if she's there, I, you know, why not? It may as well, right? Number one artist on the planet. Why wouldn't you want her parading down there so all the Swifties can tune in and make you more money? There you go. All right, <laughs> NFC Championship. Uh, so I'll be doing a little watch along on this one, so this will be interesting. All right, so NFC Championship, you got Detroit Lions taking on the Purdy party, San Francisco 49ers, the, the, you know, the Eric fan club, the Eric, bougie Eric, you know, pumping going on for, for, Purdy, for the Purdy party. So we got that. 
Okay, so we got two elements to this. Uh, we, we talked about the narratives. We talked about the whole thing. Uh, the city of Detroit may actually burn down to get to the Super Bowl. The, mad, the madness will ensue. Like, it'll just be not a parade. It'll just be like a 12-day like a riot, 12 days of lights, because the flames continue to rise above, uh, above Michigan. But seven-point spread. Now here's, now, here's the thing that I'll add to this. What I mentioned earlier, like I, I said two things can be true. I believe that San Francisco played a really bad game against Green Bay. I believe that was a very vulnerable game for them. I do think the weather played a factor, but I think Purdy was a little bit shaky at times. I also believe they won't necessarily be that bad again. However, even if they play better, which I expect they will, my expectation is they'll play better. I will say that I feel a seven-point line I believe San Francisco being a seven-point favorite is disrespecting Detroit a little bit. I think it's a little disrespectful to Detroit to just concede seven points to the 49ers. Seven-point spread is pretty strong, in my opinion. I would be inclined, even if you think that San Francisco pulls it out, I'd be almost inclined to take the points. They can give me seven. I feel like that's a little bit much for, for the game. I feel like I feel like it could be close than that. I don't know, but I, you know, I feel like it could be because you've seen at least a little a part of the blueprint. And if uh, Detroit is able to put up a decent offensive performance, I feel like they could keep it close at the bare minimum. So that's just something I would throw out, you know, uh, as a thought. Brandon, uh, you can take the spread. You can take the straight up, who you think is going to win, whatever. And the over-under, that one is 50 and a half. So they got a higher score on this one uh, is what they're thinking with it. So that, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. So they got San Francisco seven-point favorites, and they're going with a 50 and a half over-under on this one. So thoughts on... Either the spread, who wins straight up, or the over/under. How the hell do you go forty-four and a half with Mahomes and Lamar offense and fifty with? They were listening Jared to Eric about the Purdy party. party. They expect him to throw twelve touchdowns and take care of it by himself. I guess I don't know. No disrespect to the Lions; uh, they've had a hell of a run. I think I, I I'm going to say they have a chance in the game. I don't want to think that you know. 50 points and seven point spread. I, I don't think that's that's realistic. I mean, I, I don't know, but I think San Francisco will pull it out. We'll have a rematch of the 2012 Super Bowl, Ravens and 49ers. Okay. Um, I just, the elements is like, you have McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, like, the the Niners have a really really good offense. Detroit has a good team. I just I just think 49ers are built a little bit better. Little bit, not 7 point favorite, not 50 point game total better, but I I'm, that's why I'm inclined to take the points. I got to be honest, Eric, for my money, I'm inclined to take the points. I I I kind of feel good about 7 points. So you think the 49ers are going to win? I think it. I think it'll be closer than seven points. I'll give the so my pick will be. I'll give the edge to 49ers, but it wouldn't shock me if it was like a, a three point game at the end. That's kind of where I'm at on that one. It's. It, I feel like it'll be closer because I feel like Detroit will ride off the momentum that they built up. Uh, but that's why I say, like for me, if I just take the points, then I feel good either way. If San Francisco wins by a squeaker. I win. If Detroit wins straight up, I win. So either way, either way, I give myself I give myself multiple options. Yeah, I I I'll be 
I won't be sad either way. Um, I'm rooting for, you know, for both teams. So um, I look, I'm really hoping for a good game. Whoever comes out, I'm going to be happy with um, for the, for the storylines anyway, but I am picking 49ers. Uh, there's no way I can pick against a, you know, 47 time pro bowler. Um, you know, someone who that's, that's won 62 Super Bowls. Mm. And is the only active um, Hall of Famer in the league, uh, being Brock Purdy. So mm. um, I will be obviously rooting for him, the goat of all goats, mm. greatest player in NFL history. Um, so I, I don't see how you can you know root against him. Mm. What about the over under fifty and a half? High scoring, low scoring? What say you? Um. No, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Over 50 and a half? Over pretty 50? strong, pretty strong. Over 50? It's over 50 and a half. That's the over-under. You'd have That's to go 51 not. points to get over. No, under. Under. There's, no. Right. They're basically saying that it's going to be like 34 to 20 or something, by the way, you know, or 34 to 24 because they got a seven-point spread. And they're saying that it's going to be a 50-point total. So they're like, they're saying San Francisco are going to put up a lot of points on Detroit. Yeah, that's basically how that's that's basically how they've lined it up here on this end. And, to, and if in case anybody's curious, I'm looking at FanDuel. Uh, that's the one I'm looking at right now. Uh, that's one of the that's one of the ones I know that uh, I know that stateside they've got the FanDuel well, as well. I changed, so I changed my mind. I'm sitting here doing some thinking. I think I Ooh. think it could be over fifty. Yeah, I think uh, you know. Yeah, I could see. I could see them doing that. Yeah, I could see some team having thirty-five, and uh, you know the other one right behind them. So yeah, I could see that. I take it back. Yeah, I do think they can break fifty. All right, he's going with the over. Bold, bold. So should be interesting. Should be entertaining. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as as the gentleman mentioned. Uh, there's a lot of intriguing storylines here, I think. Uh, I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing what we have. And then obviously we'll have a week off after that. Well, I think they still do the week off now. Uh, it's not Pro Bowl anymore. They got rid of that. Now it's just a week off well, just in general. They have a Pro Bowl, but now they... Oh, yeah, they, they changed skills, it. Skills competition and a flag football yeah. game. I got to be honest. The skills competition is more interesting than the Pro Bowl anyway. I, I have no problem with skill competition. That's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'd rather see them, you know the quarterbacks try to hit moving targets and, you know, seeing how fast guys are and have them race, so you know, who the fastest guy in the league is, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, maybe a powerlifting competition with the linemen, you know, who's the strongest lineman, you know, so I, I'd much rather watch that than a half-ass football game. That's no one's trying. Yeah. You know? Well, the so, Pro Bowl has been kind of like that for years anyway. So I, I'm more inclined. They used to do the NFL quarterbacks club. They used to have like these challenges. Yeah. And I feel like that's basically where you, I, I basically do that. That'd be that'd be my take. Go ahead, Brandon. You were gonna say? I was just I was looking at the uh the last two weeks here, but because sure. that 50 point thing has got like it's crazy, but you have Detroit in the division or in the wildcard round, they only scored 24 points. Mm-hmm. They won that game by one total total point scored was 47. And then this week. Uh, they scored. Detroit scored thirty-one. 
and 49ers scored 24. So even at that point, that's your seven-point spread, but it would have been reversed. Um, you're still only at 55 points. I, I just don't see 50-plus points, and I don't know that I see a seven-point spread. You sound I mean, to me like a man. I would who's, go with the gonna... Ravens ones more because Baltimore scored 34. Kansas City scored 27 in the wild card round. Kansas City Kansas City scored 26. So, you know, they're putting up 25 plus points in both of their uh playoff weeks. And then you have the Ravens offense. So they would be more likely to put 50. Spoken like a man who is looking down the barrel of a parlay. Who knows? Who knows? I like some of those combinations, Eric. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's I think it's interesting. I think the seven points is a little disrespectful to uh, to Detroit. Like I said, that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, but if you know if anybody agrees with that, well, you got options on the table available too if that interests you. So I merely pose that. Good stuff. That was uh, that was fun. It's been enjoyable. I've actually like like I mentioned to the guys before we start recording is that uh, the sports card world. We're gonna get back to it, but it's been one of those things where uh, we've got our evergreen topics, which we can always come back to anytime. But realistically, uh, the the news cycle on sports card has been a little light. Uh, I haven't got a chance to get around to reading my um, my Mike Kramer uh, memoir yet. So so maybe after I read the Mike Kramer memoir, I can I can share some some findings. But I've got to get around to watch it, to reading through that. Uh, now that now that I've got a little commute, a couple of days maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll fire it up and uh, give me an excuse to do a little bit of a light reading and uh, and get through that. So we'll have to see. You know, maybe to come. We'll we'll see from that. All right. So with that, uh, future episodes coming up, more videos coming up on the channel, live streams on Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we are at least 5% less mature than we are on this venue. And also, uh, probably a watch-along for the NFC Championship this time around. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, doing these watch-alongs, and it's been fun getting Scott and other folks involved. It's been enjoyable. Uh, and we'll hopefully, cross our fingers, hopefully see a good game. Uh, that's basically what I'm rooting for. That's the number one thing. Yeah. And if anybody needs somebody, uh, Brandon will be in a fallout shelter during the Baltimore going, going, don't do this to me. Do it. Finish the job. Finish it. Man, you know, to be to be quite honest, my biggest reason outside of being a fan of the Ravens, my biggest reason is because all of that talk that last year of Lamar didn't want to play in Baltimore, the Ravens were doing him dirty. He wasn't going to sign with them. He wanted to go elsewhere. You know, it was all that talk. And then they got the contract done. They didn't sign big name receivers. Yeah, Odell is known, but let's face it, he's not Odell of, you know, early years. And they don't have Mark Andrews right now. They're still playing really well. And uh, I would really, you know, many quarterbacks get paid after they win the Super Bowl, a la Joe Flacco. I think it would be really nice to see Lamar sign the contract, stayed with the team, committed to the team, and then go right after all of that ordeal and take him and earn his money. I think I think that would be very, very well written for him as a player and just, you know, overall, I think that would be an awesome story, so. Nice. And we do root for the narratives. We are in favor of the narratives. So, yeah, why not? That works. All right. So, that's it for us. You can check out Eric at Sanderson DeOr on the Instagrams. If you wish to throw questions, you know, get your Brock Purdy facts. 
Uh, you know, you can probably find those there. That's the place I would look. Oh, yeah. You got Brandon here, Bobbles and Ball Cards. He's done, he did the most recent SGC submission. If you want to check out some of those and check out some mm -hmm. cards, they even got some Bobby Ors. Yes, I don't does. know who that guy is. I, I know somebody else on Fridays, but uh, Bobby Ors, whoever that is. Uh, so there's at least I'll a card be, of that. Uh, I'll be doing a video uh, sometime coming up on the Bobbles channel too. Um, I don't want to promise when it'll be because I don't know when the item I need for the video will arrive. But mm -hmm. at some point, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, Grail, hashtag Grail, hashtag Grail piece. So that'll be forthcoming. Yeah. And then uh, you can also check out 540 Flips if you want to check out the other side of the, the flipping reselling games. So perfect. So again, thank you to AMG Collectibles, as always, for their support of the channel and the podcast. We appreciate you. And like I said, you can check out the YouTube channel. Links of the, all those things are in the description. You can check those out. And we'll be back in a future episode. We'll catch you in the next one. <laughs>